Hitland, Annapolis Center, do you have any test operations in restricted area 2508? Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Area 31. Continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, ultra right, and really moving. They're right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Oh, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow. What a show we have for you tonight. But first, let me introduce the members of the gang, a.k.a. the posse. Girls, get ready. It's time to sit down, get your fan, get your mister, get your big box of Kleenex, extra big box of wipes, and your squeegee, because he's here, the very famous one one. How big is that squeegee, Mac? I don't know. It's good you to see you. Us. <laughs> it's good to Here's see you, Mac. Use the sexy voice, though, when you tell us. Was that? All right. Good <laughs> to see you, everybody. I thought that was welcome. the sexy voice, no? Welcome, girl. Oh, that was the, that was the uh, challenging voice right there. That's how he talks to people. <laughs> Good to see everybody on Zoom. Good to hear everybody. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, especially the girls. Yeah, baby. Welcome to another great show. It's going to be great, right, Mac? You I can, hope so. You can hey, guarantee you know it. Do you know that uh, one one is one of the few people, he's a repeat offender on this, that he'll go to a toll booth if there's a woman in it, even though he has easy pass? <laughs> Let me introduce the rest of the gang, okay? Before we get to the humor. The alleged humor. Uh, up there in his compound, formerly a bunker. They know him as Coco on the streets, but we know him as Commander Cobra. Good evening, sir, and all, and very much pleased to be on the wall. Okay. All the snow gone yet? All the snow is gone. <laughs> and today was a big day uh, on the uh, farm. Hyper, mm -hmm. the uh, mini horse, had to get put in the back of the forerunner and oh. taken to the vet for floating of the teeth. For what? Oh, cleaning of the teeth. Floating of the team. I, I don't understand. I the floating. Yeah, it's kind of horse talk. What happens? They put a large metal contraption into the mouth of the horse and stabilize it. Uh, yeah. Give them a little meds. Yep. And what they do is uh, they kind of grind and clean the teeth down to get them all level and cleaned up. And poor, oh, Piper, uh -huh. uh, poor Piper, before she came to us, was not well cared for. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons we got her. And her teeth are a complete mess. <laughs> Thank God we're not putting braces on it because I would not be able to. Well, it's better than getting your testicles taken off, right? <laughs> to the yes. I don't have any frame of reference for either. I haven't had my teeth grounded or my testicles. Okay. I've, had them under, I've had them under control. Okay. And, you know, probably put on a shelf, so to speak, but uh, never completely taken away. If you do that, can you do it during the show? What's that? Take them away? Either one, either operation. Gotcha. I don't know I can do it on the show fine. You know, they get stale from lack of use. You know, was that testicles really to... on the shelf? Is that like a Christmas thing? Good name for a band. <laughs> There's a lady present. Come on. So, so glad we're doing. Uh, I didn't say it. So glad we're doing uh, intros and not uh, comedy before right. the intro. Yeah, we know. Why do you do comedy now? 
up there in Battle Creek, Michigan, the home of the flags, is our national correspondent, Switchblade, Steve Ward. Uh, it is great to be here, and I'm going to try and, and not to do any more humor before the introductions are completely finished. Okay, yeah, good. Control yourself. Good to see you, Mac. Um, <clears throat> um, Switch, hey, Mac, you got to ask me what I had for breakfast because it may be relevant. Okay, we will do that. But I have to. I don't want to. I don't want to pull a pin out of this hand grenade again. But Switchy, I swear your pot is on the other side tonight. <laughs> Are you potting your you know, hair on the other side? And, and for a moment, I was disappointed the club wasn't going to be here. Club is yeah, on a secret mission. You know, the front part of his hair looks like Albania. Something. The outline of Albania. If you look Something's at it. going on. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. From, like, from about 60,000 feet, looks like Albania. Oh, okay. I get it. All right. Only you, Cole, would now, have that perspective. Let's get to the good part of the introductions. <laughs> it's our favorite good witch up in upstate New York. Our good, good friend, Raven. Raven, how are you tonight? Raven. Hi, my friends. I'm doing Raven, so good. You? Thank you for having me. Hmm. Now I have to, once again, I wish we were a TV show because tonight Raven is rocking the two-bun look. Yeah. The two-bun look. I call it the Princess Leia look. Princess Leia. got a Princess Leia thing going. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Princess you, Leia you always looked to me like she had like cinnamon rolls on the yeah, side. Yeah, they were right yeah. over her ears. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah this, is, this is more like, a, like, like the wisdom horns of a great sculpture from Italy and during the Renaissance. Wow. Oh, yeah, listen or to this like guy. how, um, what's her name from that one movie had her hair. Guys, yeah, I know it's exactly what I was thinking. What's her name Yeah. that movie? Exactly. Yeah. It, it looks hair. exactly like, the same. Are you, are you like reading my mind? Is that on yeah, XM? On XM? Yeah, it's, on, it's on Netflix. You can watch it. So good. Okay, and who is? Because just give us a hint. Who's the actress? Is it? Um, no, I'm being serious. Actually, I just can't think of the name of the movie. Oh, okay, um, right. it's that good, Matt. Tim Burton's wife. Uh, <laughs> Tim Burton's <laughs> wife. She was in Fight Club. Leia for a minute. Love story, comedy, rom com. No, what is it? it was a musical. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. We were just talking. Oh, about Sweeney him a Todd. Yeah, I, I didn't you like used it. To the Bobby, you Johnny didn't Depp's go in it, right? Okay, Johnny Depp. So. We've introduced everyone. Juan, Juan, will you want to say something, Juani? Uh, what I had for breakfast, if you want to ask me. All right, well, let's, we're going to go to Switch first. Okay. Is it anticlimactic? Do we go to you first? Then uh, we go to Switch yeah. first, right? Mine, I've got a big finish. You better better do one one. Yeah, mine, mine could be considered a little boring. Here we go. Okay, here's here we what go. I had. This little foreplay. I, Juan, Juan, be, what did you have? Because I stayed home today, morning? you know, and I didn't feel like going out anywhere. I'm looking go in the ahead. cupboard and I got, man, I got to go shopping. I got nothing to eat here. So, so. I had a bowl of um, uh, Bob's Red Mill oatmeal, the kind of oatmeal you have to cook for 15 minutes. <laughs> Raven's Cherry. Is that your favorite oatmeal? Love oatmeal. How, how do you so dress good. up? How do you dress up your oatmeal? So boring. You know, like uh, honey. I, I love honey in it and uh, cinnamon. Yes. Gr ground cinnamon straight from Vietnam. Uh, Vietnam. And then. That wasn't enough. About an hour later, I was still hungry, as you would expect from oatmeal. Because there's a lot of carbohydrates in That's oatmeal. right. That's right. Makes you hungrier. I was going to go to Farmer's Kitchen, but I had stuff to do for Eileen. But anyway, I had a okay. bowl of, of, I freshly opened a box of Kellogg's Raisin Bran. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. yes. Good. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Heart, and had heart a big friendly, bowl. big bowl. Had a big bowl. Keeping Big bowl of Kellogg's Raisin Bran. Then I tend to sweeten it up by throwing a few more um, raisins out of the can there, uh, whatever kind of raisins they are. So you put raisins, extra raisins in your raisin bran? Yeah. On top of oatmeal. Yeah. You're going to wow. be 
Oh, no, Ooh, not the oatmeal. Wow. Not Whoa, the, the there we go. That, well, that's true. That. It, it, yeah, it's true. It does uh, help out in that department. <clears throat> Wowee. So that was it. Okay. I put well, I'm glad table, we didn't leave that for last. About yeah. a teaspoon of sugar <laughs> on the. No wonder he had sexy talk all day today after that breakfast. <laughs> yeah. I was. I was. What you have for lunch? A hot dog. Uh, but Eileen made me an omelet. Oh, it was man. decent. It had spinach in it, mushrooms, uh, onions, and uh, it was about a four egg omelet. And she was, she was keeping me home. I was ready to go to Farmer's Kitchen. I said, "Gee, you know, they're waiting for me at Farmer's Kitchen." <laughs> they're waiting for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What is the color of the sky in Waterlands World? The world oh, wants the What is the color of the sky there, buddy? How long, well, how long of a drive is it from your house to the kitchen? The diner. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. So you're close. Okay. Oh, yeah. All we're, right. We'll get close. Ever have any of the girls up to your farm? Any of the waitresses? Oh, no. No? You kidding me? That'd okay. be dangerous. That's good. Okay. I'm glad. Because what would happen is they would come in in their you know, bikinis. That's That's how I usually see them. When okay. they send me Instagram in your photos. dreams, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. You know what? Wow. I don't know about you, Raven, but I don't know about women these days. It's amazing oh. what they post on Instagram. And they don't mind that I'm a follower of Instagram. They invite me to say, hey, you want to follow me on Instagram? Sure. I'll follow you. It's all about the, the likes, you know? I guess. So what, 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 don't leave us hanging. What do they post to you? Like in negligees and stuff like that? No, well, it's, they're not like uh, erotic photos, but, you know, they're... When they're going out in the town, they always have something, you know, loosey-goosey. Or when they go on the beach, uh, the girls' day at the beach, or, you know, Sunday mm -hmm. is fun day, all that stuff. And they're, yes. they're typically, it's been a warm summer, uh, bikini yes. stuff. And then then you know, it's a, it's a talk, it becomes a talking point, because then you say, wow, I zoomed in on that, and I'm going, what the hell tattoo was that? But you, you zoomed in on. I zoomed on in on I, it. I zoomed in on the picture. You know, I spread it out with my fingers. You know, boop. Uh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Right, moving next. right along. Next. Moving right along. Next. Well, okay. I don't know, switch. switch. Maybe you should have gone first. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got a hard act to follow. That's for sure. <laughs> Maybe you should have gone before him. You're not kidding. Okay, switching. <laughs> this was formerly the most uh, listened to part of the show, but let's see what happens. Okay, switch. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Well, you, you know how uh, it only at some time, I mean, these days, it only becomes kind of interesting if I had like a dud the week before. I mean, if I had a, an energy bar or a piece of toast or, or, or something like that, and then I have one of, you know, maybe the steak and eggs, then that sounds really good. You've got to disappoint people for a couple of weeks before they get excited again. Really? Well, today I went to Bob Evans. Now, Bob Evans, I realize is a chain that isn't everywhere in the U.S., Yes, they got great breakfast. I have I have talked about their uh, biscuits and honey, butter Ooh, and honey before. That sounds good. Yes, and how yes. It snuffles the dog. You know how he gets that biscuit and snuffles. he hugs himself and he floats to the, the ceiling. Yeah, that's kind of what happens when I have one of those. But I did not have that today exactly. Okay, no, had, no uh, levitation. Got it. Check. Levitation I had not on the checklist. Got it. Bob Evans, biscuits and gravy. Oh, and and two eggs over easy. Oh. With white toast mm. and <laughs> yes. hot black coffee and orange juice. Yes, yes. Okay, let's review here. That for sounds, a second. That sounds so you balanced. got biscuits. Yeah. Now let me let me just say I put a little bit of butter on the biscuits. These yep. are really good biscuits. Yeah, because you, you, you got to be mindful of your diet. Are they grilled or toasted good biscuits? For you. Are they so grilled just biscuits? Put a little bit. Put a pat of butter on there. Right. Good for you. Then, then not not just a little bit. It sounds good. And Go then, ahead. Then I had the bowl of gravy, and then you spoon the gravy. It out. Yeah, oh. yeah. And sometimes you have to spoon more during the meal because you kind of run out. Wow. Yeah, yes. I can switch over to the eggs and toast. Eggs over easy. 
Wow. So that you can dip your toast into the, you know, the eggs. So you yeah, had the biscuits yeah. and the toast. And eggs. Yes. yes. Mm, wow. Interesting. Okay. Wow. That's you eat the whole I, thing? I, I thought about you know what? I, I almost did eat the whole thing. Just, just thought, so that was so damn yes. good. I was, and, and, I was thinking the, about in the legal proceedings. The answer would be yes. Treating the witness hostage. <laughs> oh, no, I, I left a little bit of toast behind, so I didn't oh. eat the whole thing. Okay, that's good. All right. Being, being accurate here. They probably gave it to some homeless guy out back. So listen, how much did he, that? Cost? He enjoyed it. What? How much did that cost? Uh, about fifteen, I think. Okay, that's All right. And uh, who waited on you? Are you? Do you have a personal relationship? Uh, I, I don't know. A, a delightful young lady. Uh, she's yes. very good. Okay. I don't, know, don't know her name. So what'd you do? What do you? What did I do? What's your tip? I, I, I thanked her, and uh, I got uh, ten bucks. Ten bucks. All right, switchy. St- setting the the curve, That's setting decent. the standard for Macmillan's military X Files tip. Yeah. Great tip. Mm-hmm. Midwest Division. Midwest Division. Yeah. I, n- okay, I never switch. heard of the chain. What's it called? Learn, Bob Evans. You learn well there, Grasshopper. Hey. What was the name no, of the chain? He had to learn me nothing, Mr. Yes. Maloney. Okay. Let's go back and th- listen. Listen to the shows about. Two months ago. And hey, wait, hey, let me, hey, Raven, have you ever been a waitress? You have, right? Didn't you work in a, have you worked in as restaurants? A, yeah, I was a waitress for like two minutes. And two minutes yeah. <laughs> because really... I spilled uh, water all over this poor woman. And I was so embarrassed I couldn't go back. <laughs> really? Okay. That's all it took. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. No, but right. I was a, I was a, was at a restaurant she... a few years ago. You, you were what? Excuse me? I was working at a restaurant a few years ago. But didn't you work in a donut place or a Starbucks or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was I was a barista. Oh, really? really? Yeah. What was that like? You must run into just intolerable was... people all day long. Oh, I yeah. Couldn't, it was just, I couldn't take it. Was it was great. <laughs> <laughs> How were they tipping? Were they allowed to tip? Mm-hmm. Um, really... uh, tips were good. Um, yeah. And then we had regulars and like around the holidays, sometimes they would give us, you know, like 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't bad for wow. slinging coffee. What was uh what was um what were they like working as an employee? What's it like to be a Starbucks employee? Oh, I hey. work for Starbucks. I work. Oh, oh I thought it was Starbucks. Oh, okay. All right. Where no, were you? Dunkin' the, Dunkin' yeah, Donuts? The, yeah, the white trash version. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I love Dunkin'. Um, oh, they're not a sponsor, I are they? I loved working there. I, I was actually one of the managers, so I could pretty much wow, do wow. my own thing. You were a manager of a Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow, we okay, <laughs> right? Interesting. Well, I heard that could yes, be runs on Dunkin' Donuts. That's right. I, I can't imagine working in a Starbucks. I've been in a Starbucks once in my life. I've told the story before. I, I was down in New York City and I was gonna have lunch with an editor, and he said, or like a late breakfast, said, I'll meet you at Starbucks at the corner of 47th and 5th or something. Yeah, there's only I'm, like three of them there. I'm sitting in the Starbucks, I'm going, Where is this guy? And I look parallel across the street, there's another Starbucks, right. <laughs> 50 feet that's away crazy. and i go in there There's, and i, I walk in and he goes where you been <laughs> well dunkin donuts okay well we could go on for a long time about dunkin donuts the donuts used to be much better than they used to be but that's another show yeah definitely another so, show. did they so did you dress up in the did you have a dunkin donuts uniform and so on yeah i mean jeans and a i mean I was a manager. I did what I wanted. So yeah, I wore wow. jeans and like a t-shirt. Did you ever get to fire and... anyone? Did you ever get to fire anyone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? What One for? time I fired somebody um, in the drive-thru because they called in and then came to the drive-thru when they were supposed to be at work. Oh, that's and they a left bad us move. Super shorthanded. And I said, don't come back. And I slammed the door in his face. <laughs> okay. So he calls in what's sick or I can't make it today. And then, mm-hmm. he, then he goes to the drive-thru to get some food. How stupid wow. is that? With okay. his friends, like a car full of friends. And I'm like, yeah, like 
you're done here. <laughs> and was he the driver? Yeah, he was driving. Wow. <laughs> just hanging out with his friends. Well, I was just like, good yeah, plan. good plan. Oh. Good plan. Yeah. Okay. You, just, you didn't want him as an employee anyway. He sounds like a dumbass to do that. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah. You had to give yeah, her a <laughs> Meanwhile, Switch has about 4,000 donuts in his uh, traffic behind him. So, <laughs> yeah. anyway, Switchy, okay. Yeah. Bob Emmons. Okay. Now, are they going to miss you at Denny's? You think, uh, you know, staying well, away is going to uh, make you know, hot? I, 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 you know, I, I haven't uh, for, uh, forsaken Denny's. You know? mm -hmm. Okay. What you have for lunch? I'm just curious. Um, well, that was, it was a really late breakfast. So, I, I guess I had a, uh, had a sandwich. <laughs> he can always remember the breakfast. He can never remember the lunch, though. It's like he well, blacks out on the breakfast. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the caloric uh, recovery yeah, it's, uh, that's uh, required after breakfast. I had know, some good, good bread from the from the bakery in the grocery store. Uh, I had some uh, salami and some yes. Munster cheese and oh. a little bit of mayo. What mayo? But I didn't pile it on because I, I still, you know, it was feeling the effects of that breakfast. So I, I just, just had a kind of. But Good usually plan. I can pile on a sandwich. You know, I can put. Good the, safety tip switch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If, if you have some collateral damage for that breakfast. Signal, okay, and we'll mute your mic. Okay? Was, oh, I think we should record it. <laughs> was this a cellophane wrap <laughs> sandwich? It could be like a really good bumper. So anyway, tonight. Uh, uh, tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about several like really strange places around the world, secret bases and so on that you've probably never heard of as the secret. And also, Switchy has a very strange story uh, about aliens and uh, cops and, you know, things that people plant in the ground and so on. So there he is uh, in Amongst the Donuts. Switch is holding up a copy of Beyond Area 51 by, who is that? By Mac Maloney. Wow, on sale everywhere. Wow. Thank you, Almost Switch. looks like money, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. Mac yes. Money. Mac Money. <laughs> oh, it's funny. That's kind of a because with that book, uh, no money. <laughs> anyway, not always like that, but that one just, you know, was a swing and a miss, as it turns out. Anyway, really? but never say shame, never. Because that's a really good one. That was never say never. Well, it's, find, it's, uh, I'll tell time. you, let me tell you a very quick story, seeing as we have to tap dance here for a while. That was the follow up to UFOs in wartime, okay, which right. was a very successful book. And usually the follow up doesn't, you know, the, the publisher doesn't put as much push behind it because they just figure everyone who bought the first one will buy the second one. So it becomes an orphan in a way. Now, Mac, sorry if I interrupt you, but is that what you guys call like a horizontal sale, not the big vertical jump? You get this like long-term horizontal sale. That's mm -hmm. the yeah, kind of. Yes, right. Yeah, right. For me, what I've described as in the business is a mid-list writer, mid-list writer. Okay, paperback books has somewhat of a following enough for them to print a book, publish a book, and enough of the you know fans will buy it and everyone mm -hmm. makes money. Mm -hmm. Not a whole lot of money. But, you know, everyone is happy, let's say. Sure. Um, but sometimes the publishing world is very strange. And, you know, things, I don't know, they fall through the cracks. or they, you know, they just kind of throw the spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks, that type of thing. So this Beyond Area 51, which I think is a cool book. X is, is. in it, you know, yeah. and it talks about all these secret bases around the world. And then when I was on uh, Coast to Coast there about a month ago. Um, Great interview, by the way. My my thank you. My agent uh, actually, uh, Jim Frankel, um, took down the numbers on Amazon before the show, and then he took them down afterwards. Where the ranking of this particular book was, and it went up a thousand points. I think I've mentioned this before, which just shows you the power of that show, you know. Um, so uh, you know, maybe there's some life in it beyond Area 51, uh, but we got a long way to go. Um, so anyway, but we will be talking about some of the stories in it tonight. So um, I'm just going to 
throw this real quickly to Raven. Raven, something strange happened to you today, yesterday? You had to have an emergency saging? Yeah, it was Friday. Friday, Friday okay. Night. Go ahead, and, what happened? Um, so yeah, uh, Mr. Raven and I were in our living room watching TV. And all of a sudden, we just heard like this like, flop just upstairs. Oh. And we kind of figured it was Friday because Scotch was sitting right next to us. So we're just like, all right, like whatever. Friday your cat. Friday the cat. Friday my and cat. Scotch, yep. And Scotch my dog. And um, so we were like, all right, that was like super weird, whatever. <clears throat> and then Friday comes walking out of our dining room, which was like, you know, six feet away from where we were sitting. And I'm like, okay, cool. That wasn't Friday. Okay. So, oh my God, my heart is racing. Cause this is like so freaky. Um, so we, I'm like, I'm just going to go upstairs and like, check it out. Yes. So I did. And um, now, what, what and was the, Mr. Raven's? Uh, what, what was he whoa, doing? Whoa, 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 whoa. Was he, he going for cigarettes? Is he anchoring the, <laughs> is he protecting the animals downstairs while you go upstairs? What was the story there? I'll watch he the came door. up with me, but I went up first. Okay. Because All I right. was like, I, I just need to figure this out. Um, yeah. So I came up stairs and I looked in you know my house is small so it's like you come up up the second floor and there's you know bathroom room bedroom bedroom and just a very tiny hallway and in the middle of the hallway is one of my shoes that was sitting in the room that I'm sitting in right now okay and the way that we have our doors because of the cat we have a what's called a buddy strap on the door sounds so dirty. It, only, it, it, it only allows the door to ever be open like you know a couple inches so uh, that the cat can get in yeah. but the dog yep. can't so okay. that was on the door and my shoe was in this room with that latch on so the door was open you know four or five inches and then there's my shoe sitting in the hallway and mm. it just made absolutely no sense because even if it just doesn't make sense because friday was downstairs Right. She wouldn't have even been able to move that shoe anyways, because right. I don't think, I think it's too heavy. Right. So I'm like, this is bizarre. Yes. So what, what type of shoe? I mean, just. Is it, it a Birkenstock? <laughs> um, kind of. Oh. <laughs> they're my, they're my like water shoes. So like they're, they're like barefoot shoes. So you can wear them when you're in the woods. Right. Okay. All right. It must be a girl thing. I don't, I don't know. It. Water shoes? Is that what you're saying? They, Water shoes? Those big yeah. plastic clogs like kind of thing? Oh, oh okay. I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. And Byram soles. And in the woods. I they have like rubber soles on. They're like sneakers, but like they're really soft and you can, I, I wear them hiking. I wear them like you could wear them in, in the water or anything. Hmm. So what yeah. happened? So I'm like, well, that was super weird. So I was like, um, both of us were pretty much like, I think we need to sage like right now because mm. there's just no explaining what that was. Mm. So um, we opened all the windows, saged everything. I have like, you know, my prayer book for it. So I was like reading that book. and um, I went outside and like, I was like, I was going like, in the backyard and everywhere. My neighbors probably thought I was nuts. Wow. And so then you, you have like a handful of sage and that's kind of like a, uh, like a weed or something to burn you burn it. the sage, right? And the smoke. Yeah, gets rid of the the, the ghost who has a shoe fetish at the angle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So don't, I always have. Don't sage mock on the hands, saging so. process, yeah, we both, Mac. We both did it. What? What, JJ? Don't mock the saging process. <laughs> Not me. So, so what, okay. what do you think happened? I mean, do you have any theories? I, I mean, I, we know that there's something in this house. We just don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I don't feel like it's anything demonic. So I don't think, you know, exorcism is on the table anytime soon because, you know, you can't be possessed by anything but a demon. Yes. It wasn't like, it wasn't awesome because as soon as we like came upstairs when we were saging, um, it felt like everything was just so heavy. You just felt this weight hit your chest. It was, it was really, really strange. And Mr. Raven, you know, like I knew he felt it because I wasn't going to say anything. Cause I'm like, I don't want to like freak him out anymore. Like, you know, this has yes. happened to me before. So, you know, I'm kind of in a, in a different ball game here, but so I didn't want to say anything. And then he was just like, he's like, you feel that. And I was like, yeah, that's mm. not good. Yes. Coco. I just wanted to ask, as a did these, did these uh, kinds of events happen while you guys were dating? Did Mr. Raven yeah. kind of an idea what, you know, what this was, what paradise with you was going to be? Yeah, yeah, he knew what he was getting into. <laughs> yeah. Wow, and he yeah. went anyway. Well, let's yeah. <laughs> How do we know it's not the ghost of Quentin Tarantino? Because we all know he's into feet and shoes and stuff, right? Good. Right, Wani? Good point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a he's still alive, so... I was going to say, that, that yeah, kind of discounts the whole ghost thing yeah, I thought when you, <laughs> when you said Mr. Tarantino, because I was just checking to find out if he had passed and yeah. not. So, we, wow. Hmm. Can we verify uh, Juan Juan's exact location at the time you heard the thumb? Right. Where, where, or can where we just simply I? ask, was it was a sexy voice heard at any time during this? <laughs> was there an open Let's window see, in the ladder? Friday and night. And a challenger out front. <laughs> Friday night, I was with my wife and... Yeah, that, that, that thank God she can't see this as a video as yeah. you're uh, giving this really heartfelt testimony. Mm. Okay. You know, it's good to sage mm. your house periodically anyway. Whether okay. you've had tips ex- from one one. Yeah, whether you've had any experiences Nice deflection one. Well, let's get off where you uh, were and let's get right down to my uh, favorite sage story. Sage, <laughs> sage cleansing so, uh, is a good uh, idea. Uh, just to wrap this up. So, Raven, where was the other shoe? In the room where it should have been? Yeah. Yep. And the other one was right where I left it and it was only the one and it the like the thing was like it sounded like it was like tossed into the hallway mm. through an open door but a, the door a slightly door open door oh. yeah wow so, okay the dog yeah, could have done it trying to cat. figure it out yeah. but um wow. I didn't well, want I'm just to curious about did it. you try to reenact did you try to reenact the sound with one of you downstairs and, and kind of like just no. lob the shoe to see if it, it had the same sound. Did you try that? No, I don't do that because I don't want to, um, I don't want to give anything like, but you sage the place. No, but you yes. sage the place. You, you don't oh, want to encourage want to the, the other uh, person. Oh, there oh, I was waiting. You know, I can only stay by the net so long and just keep putting that baby up there waiting for somebody to spike. Oh, thank you. Switch. Oh God. I was trying so hard. <laughs> it was my oh. pleasure. And he said he wasn't going to go with any humor during the show. Wow. No, no, no. I said before the intros. He was now teasing. it's all done. Okay. We're ready. Sure, I've yeah. got my humor flag up. All right. <laughs> On that high note, uh, why don't we uh, take a quick break now? And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed. The Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hong's Hat, 
and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with the forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They are even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft, or is someone, or something, looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. Wow, a little early for the Macaroni, but we have such a great show uh, for you tonight. I'm excited. Let me introduce the members of the gang very quickly. Juan Juan is here, girls. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Welcome to the show. Fabulous Thanks. time. We'll be um, by all. Mill Skills and Gigi Gills. Um, Coco is here, Commander Cobra. As always, Mac, pleasure to be on the wing. Enjoying the ball. Um, uh, national correspondent up there in uh, Battle Creek, Michigan. Switchblade Steve Ward. Great to be here, Mac. You went to Dale Evans today for breakfast. Dale Evans. Dale Bob, Evans. Bob Evans. Dale, Bob Evans. Dale Evans, I believe, was in Western. <laughs> what I mean, uh, remember, remember, Roy had his he 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 had the hus trigger and he had the thing um, stuffed. Remember when he died? Did he? Yeah. Roy yes. Rogers. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the museum. Yeah, wow. in the museum. Was Bullock ever? Uh, Stuff was Bullet the dog, yeah. No, Bullet was Bullet was his wife. Come on, that was, that was Dale Evans. Well, wow. the circle is complete. Look, could have been a sidekick, I guess. One weird thing about the Roy Rogers show, and I, I remember this even when I was watching it from my crib. One week it would be in modern times, they'd be driving around in cars and everything, and then the next week it'd be back in cowboy days. There'd be a cowboy adventure. They actually switched in time without any explanation. Some were in the old west, some were in. 
you know, they'd be driving around in that crazy Jeep and everything. The I thought that, that's the crazy Jeep. Finally, forward thinking for black very avant garde, especially for the times. Yeah, right. I had a Roy Rogers. And it must have been guitar. well done since she didn't have any complaints about it. So that's good. Yeah, it was just you know one of those things. You know, it was kind of cool. I'm more of a Rex Trailer era guy, so it was on that Excellent. show. Made made two appearances on Rex Trailer. You did? Oh yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Let me cool. introduce Raven real quick, then we'll get back to that. Raven, how you doing up there in upstate New York? Our favorite good witch, Raven. Two buns tonight, fans. If you're taking score, two buns tonight. Yeah. But it's one bun to rule them all, just so we're clear. Okay. Like L O T R, right? Am I keep hearing, you know, Mickey Mouse, who's the leader of the club that's made for you? No, I'm getting like a whole Renaissance sculpture vibe, you know, the horns of wisdom thing going on there. I feel like I look like the caterpillar from A Bug's Life. No, but no, that's just me. Hold on. We'll be the judge of that. Mm. You don't look like the caterpillar. Catwoman, okay. I'll take that. Okay. Wow. Catwoman, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of catwoman thing going on. Well, listen, <clears throat> what were you saying, Coco, before I interrupted you? I, you I, the Rex I Trailer I show. Did, I did not make it to uh, you know anything with Dale Evans uh, and okay. Roy Rogers that a little bit before my time. Oh, um, okay. not much. Uh, but Rex Trailer was a bit of a local celeb uh, yep. for uh, some of us in the area here growing up, and I was on his show twice. Okay, I always uh, wanted to be on Major Mud. That was the one I wanted. Major Mud was the guy, right? We're that talking, was he was he was the man. We're talking real Boston here, and yeah. basically what happened Good when we were all growing up, they had these characters. Local TV stations would have these characters. One of them TV was variety like, shows of the time, right? Yeah, it was weird, and and a lot of they showed the Three Stooges, or they showed cartoons. They have a little cartoons. bit of everything, you know. Sorry, Switchy. Uh, we had Captain Jolly and Poop Deck Paul. Okay, and they there would you show go. Popeye cartoons. Popeye like from yeah. the nineteen forties. Yep. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, um, Rex Trailer was a cowboy. Bozo was on Channel Five. Major Mud was on Channel Seven. Right. So. What's weird about Rex Trailer now that I'm really getting in, in town Boston here, but um, as you know, one one I went to film school. Yes, I do. Who we all know, Matt. It's yeah. just got one one. We all know. I think I saw your diploma one day. And he was a um, he was a professor at uh, where I went, Emerson College. In fact, for the four years I was there, four and a half, um, he was voted the most popular professor in the school. All right, we'd see him walking around. He, you know, he he was a, he was a uh, someone who. Um, because the school I went to also uh, taught, you know, how to be on, how to, how to act on camera and mm -hmm. how to be weathermen and how to be, right. you know, TV performers. That's what he did. He's a very popular guy. I think he just passed away, I think maybe four or five years ago, but a nice that's guy. correct. Very nice, um, man. The only thing I, I was disappointed, Mac, the behind the scenes was, as you remember the opening of Rick's yes. trailer, uh, he would ride the horse in, uh, in scenes. And then you would see him on horse when he would bring the horse live onto right. the stage where all the kids were. Okay. Yep. Well, I am here to tell you that he really wasn't outside the studio riding through the door coming no. in. No, no. He was he simply got on the horse just a few steps away behind a curtain yep. and did a quick gallop over. Right. Yes. Okay. It was uh -huh. it was that was a bit of an eye opener uh -huh. to understanding how the world worked at that was, point. Oh uh, right. Oh now you saw behind the scenes. So it was his what was his uh what was his um, partner's name there? Trigger. No, no, they, they, he had a he had a uh, oh Festus, right? I can't remember what this guy's name. Yeah. <laughs> that was Pablo. Um, Pablo. 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 Yep. Oh, yeah. yes. right. 
the show would never get on TV <laughs> these days. But no, probably sure not. wasn't um, one one. No, no. I was thinking. I was thinking. I was thinking of Chester, but that was a magazine. That was. Yes, yeah, so that was. <laughs> uh, Major Mundo. We got to give props to Major Mundo. He was the funniest one. Yeah. He was, was the great. best. Yeah, he, he was, was the best, and he was so perfectly timed for the space program. Yeah, that was a guy that he he caught what the, the I mean the '60s going into the '70s. We were space crazy. We were space crazy, yeah. and he rode that like a yeah. rock. Well, he he'd come out dressed in like this old time astronaut's uniform with a, with an astronaut's helmet on his head. Yeah, the and pressure his, suit. The uh, the pressure suit that they wore. I be by. I'll be blasting you. That was yep. his thing. And you know he he did the Stooges. He did you know cartoons, but he was he was just generally a funny guy. Now I was on Bozo twice. Okay, I was on mm. Bozo twice. Wow. Frank Ambrose. Frank wow. Ambrose. Okay. Oh yeah, the great guy. Me. Great, great guy. <laughs> Bozo wasn't a you know funny guy. Okay, he was he was a guy who looked like frankly looked like he had a couple of martinis in him. Martinis. Martinis. Up some balloons with the kids what's and you know. Martinis. You're talking, you're talking Frank Ambrose. Okay. He was amazing. That guy. Yeah, that so was a, yeah Frank Gamer, but <clears throat> Major Mud. We're really going so down scholarly. memory lane here. Um, he would just do crazy things. He would show up. They'd have remotes, and he'd show up. You know, I remember he was down PZ Air Space once. He's pretending to fly, fly the airplanes and stuff, and he's just a, a, a kid's kind of entertainer, you know. But he actually had a sense of humor, wow. and not a scintilla of uh, any kind of uh, wackiness with any of these guys. Not mm-hmm. a scintilla. No, 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 no. I mean, inappropriate they, they all did stuff. the same show, really. No, right. Not. I mean, but they, they were funny. Uh, it was live. You know, I don't think they had a staff of scriptwriters, yeah, you yeah. know, for their stuff. They oh, had yeah, to yeah. show up ready to play, you know? It was, it was live. It was it was vaudeville uh, for us in the second. On TV, yeah. Yep. Raven, you probably don't know what the hell we're talking about, right? I don't. I watched <laughs> Hanna-Barbera cartoons. I was a <laughs> Flintstones kid. <laughs> really yeah. interesting yeah. to bring that up by um, the way did you know that his boy elroy uh, had a, a drinking problem because he was never able to break out of child acting really the real uh what? <laughs> elroy on the, okay on switch, the jetsons he held switch held true to his promise not to you know, introduce any more humans to the show the jetsons his boy elroy yeah, yeah. now that's funny you know that his boy elroy i don't get the joke yeah no one gets the joke <laughs> What is it? Explain it. See, it's a cartoon. I thought, you know, if maybe you were going to start commenting on How Judy Jetson's butt, that's usually problem. where this kind of discussion goes. I used to like Man. I used to like Jane, his wife. <laughs> I, I like people. the sassy robot slave. Yeah. Oh, wow. What was her name? Rosie? Rosie. Oh, yeah. 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 Which she was brought back She had a mouth on her. Rosie did have a mouth. Great. Easy there. Easy there, big guy. Jane did a sitcom was canceled after 12 episodes. No way. Is that true? With Switch? No, it's not true. <laughs> What's the matter with, with you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so um, Switch is there ready to blow his brains is... out. What, what was that weapon that you had up to your face, Switch? <laughs> what was yeah, that? No, it's just a, a ring around. That looks like a. Head. That looks... It's a drill. It's a drill. It looks like a drill. Yeah. Yeah, this movie's about that. On cameo, in fact. It's weird how it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if you had to do something like that one one, you might have to go to the semi pornographic friends only thing, which I don't mind I don't, doing actually. You yeah, don't I, mind you know, oh, no. tasteful nudity? Yeah. How about untasteful I would like, nudity? I would like to have a partner to go with it though. <laughs> doing it solo is like yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mrs. Cobra is going to ask me, "Hi, you want to get upstairs to bed tonight? How'd the show go?" She always likes that. How'd the show go? How can and you? I'm going to tell her. I'm going to tell her. 
it was over the top tonight, darling. Over the top. <laughs> and we're not even uh, halfway through. How can you forget Juan Juan from two weeks ago when the person wrote in and said that your mystique on Cameo would have to do with your top secret torpedo technology? Well, I remember that part, but I don't remember about the reprising or doing something from urinating from the rooftop. Or Listen, I, 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 I want to say that. this to you right now, Juan Juan. Always wear the Nighthawk condom because I'll never see it coming. That's the important safety <laughs> tip. What? What? All right, 1850. Thank that's you. Good what do you mean 1850? Forever yet it. Forever yet it. That, that's ridiculous. Well, Raven yeah. loved it. Are you kidding me? She can buy the uncut you, you know what? You accused me of earlier in the show putting uh, certain parts of my anatomy up on a shelf. You what? don't have any if you don't let that sit in the show. I, uh, that's like okay. one of the oldest jokes in the uh, in, in the business here. Come okay. on, man. It's a good one. 17 stealth condom. They'll never see you coming. That was their ad. It was great. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. Okay. All right. You want to be doing the top 40 show this time next I, week? I marked that. I marked that drop, Mac, but you know, we can just let it slide. Okay. When do we go? <laughs> it's one of the topics of the night. Okay. Okay. In in England, um, a section of my book, part of my book, Beyond Area 51, on sale everyone. Uh, it talks about where is Area 51 in England. Okay, England's a very small place. Um, you can fly from one from the east coast of England to the west coast of England in a modern jet in minutes. Uh, there's not many places to to hide yet. Um, in the research we came up with, I think ten suspects. Very uh, where the Area 51, right? Uh, one of them was this place called. Am I pronouncing it right? Bascombe Downs. It's actually Bascombe. Down, no okay. Uh, plural. No, no okay, all right. And and it's an airbase. A lot of strange things go on there. The, a couple of very strange things have gone on there. Coco, please elaborate. It has a history that goes back all the way to World War One, pre-World War One, World Flying Four Days. It's a very interesting spot. But we're focusing in on September 26, 1994, as we say in Europe and in the military. 26 September 94. Uh, there was an aircraft getting ready to take off runway 20. One right, two, three. And this aircraft uh, had problems. And the malfunction led to it to abort the takeoff. And the abortive takeoff caused the aircraft to become uh, disabled on the runway. This led to some of the most interesting days uh, post uh, this incident in how this aircraft was recovered. And what happened on? Now, today, it's known as MOD for Ministry of Defense, Boscombe Bell. Um, obviously, if we had Ross on board, he could provide a rich background to this. But they, as you have, have so eloquently described, Mac, uh, this is one of the Area 51 sites. There's also, as your research just pointed out, some very interesting one in Wales. I'm up on the border of Scotland and up further into the, the island itself. But this particular case has been linked to the Aurora aircraft. And for those that are able to see the screen behind me, I have some pictures as my screensaver or my background, I should say, uh, showing some of the things that they think may have happened. But there was at this point uh, quite a bit of collaboration between the UK and the US on these aircraft on possible uh, deep research, uh, defense evaluation research agency, which is the UK version of DARPA, as well as Defense Science and Technology Lab, uh, which is a private company. 
they were all working uh, collaboratively. And this aircraft, because of what it occurred and how it was handled, is one of those very interesting cases of what just happened here. And almost immediately when the runway shut down, the aircraft was covered uh, very, very quickly with poplins and, and other devices that were put up to barricade any kind of visual sight. But almost immediately after this aircraft is disabled and they're getting ready to move it, uh, special operations, the SAS aircraft, show up. And uh, I have to make a quick nod that they came in via a very special snook that the RAF uses from number seven squadron. And they immediately set up a perimeter around this aircraft. So this is not something that happens on a frequent basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that was, they're trying not to gather or uh, grant too much attention, but they have to handle it very quickly. So the aircraft is being physically covered up so it can't be easily photographed right. from the sidelines of the base, as well as probably satellites. And then a very special C-12 um, Huron, which is a very special DOD transport, shows up. Airplane. It's an airplane, that's correct, the C-12, and it's a, as well as an unmarked 707, which Mac has talked about in the past, and we've, we've spoken about in different shows. There are a number of uh, Air Force and U.S. government uh, large transports uh, of all different kinds. Some look like airliners. They don't have any really distinctive markings. They have very, very small um, rondelles that would show that they are Air Force aircraft mm-hmm. or government airplanes. And they're used for a lot of reasons. They allow a certain number of camouflage because they operate like an airline. So right. if you have these aircraft to say they're flying along, they're, they're making the trip to uh, Korea or they're flying a, uh, a polar route that allows them, they could maybe be rigged with uh, intelligence devices. They could even be able to insert special operators that would need the aircraft and, and do a halo uh, type of insertion. Okay, go ahead. So these aircraft exist. So this aircraft, uh, uh, all these aircraft show up, and then a C five comes in to uh, to make uh, kind of the, uh, the final pullout. And it's interesting because uh, this is where you get into the Jeanette Janet Airlines, which is that uh, outfit that uh, flies between Las Vegas and Area Fifty One that right. we talked about earlier this evening to move. The uh, workers, the engineers, and the other folks that are involved in, you know, deep research that takes place in Panapa and yes. Area 51. Mm-hmm. If, so you land, now, if you land at the airport out there, McClendon Airport, you can see the Janet Airlines staging right. area. It's right there. You know, Janet Airlines basically kind of looks like an airline, but as Coco was saying, there are some people who fly out on Monday morning out of, uh, Nellis, out of Nellis Airport, uh, McLaren Airport in Las Vegas. They fly them up to Area 51. They fly them up to Tonopah. These are all like the people who work at these secret bases. Some right. people take the bus. Some some people are on this like little airline that just basically flies around this big part of Nevada where all this secret stuff is, dropping people off, picking people up. But they operate just like a little airline out of that commercial airport. It's kind of strange. It is a uh, – it's, it's really cool when they uh, put the advertisement up in the uh, professional – pilot pages when Jeanette or Janet is hiring uh, folks. Um, it's a very interesting work. I knew one pilot that worked for Janet. He loved it. Obviously couldn't say very much about it beyond mm-hmm. the what openly understood secret uh, of where they're operating from. 
but it's a uh, it's a critical way of moving people and also allowing them to have a certain lifestyle uh, where they're able to uh, to live in a more uh, urban area that has uh, those features. Like, like Las Vegas. Yeah, like Las cool. Vegas, baby. So anyway, so, so getting back to Boscombe Down. So in the middle of this, this aircraft has now been tarped. It's been moved. It's got moved into a hangar. You have the SAS deploys around it. Um, very, very careful uh, information being passed out. Uh, not outwardly would I say falsehoods being um, provided to explain what happened and why the runway shut down. But there is no uh, real deeply uh, revealing uh, press conferences or releases of information to explain what happens. Um, a number of people that have reported what they saw say that the aircraft had a lot of design features that were very similar to the YF-23, which was the aircraft that competed with the F-22. Right. It was a okay. Northrop design. And as most people who follow me on this show with you, Mac, know, I believe that's the aircraft which built. It was the superior of the two in my opinion. Uh, in speed and range, what it could provide it. And it, Northrop did an incredible job on the advanced technology. So it makes me think that maybe some of that technology, some of that capability may have been uh, put yep. into future other designs that were out there that were right. doing very specialized reconnaissance and maybe more advanced work than that. So we have a C-5 now that is uh, scheduled. Huge airplane. And planned. Yes, it's the big transport uh, that we have. And it's supposed to head to Ramstein Air Force Base, but it is requested to divert in late in its flight. Hmm. Now, a lot of people have pointed out in this particular case, maybe that uh, going to Ramstein was never the intended target. And that they were uh, just using it as ability to throw people off to the last possible minute. I can't believe anyone would think that the government would not tell the truth about where aircraft are going, especially if they're going to recover something like a Aurora uh, right. high technology aircraft curse the thought that that would ever occur so so if i could just kind of um encapsulate it so basically this something landed in emergency no, get ready takeoff and had a had an emergency, had an emergency takeoff, okay and they abort the takeoff and it looks like it may have uh, had landing gear partially collapsed okay that there were and it was a significant enough uh, damage that could not be repaired at site which kind of lends to the high technology into what this aircraft yeah, so, they just meant, so they cover it they kind of cover it over they throw a lot of security around it. They're bringing in these different airplanes to finally carry this thing out. Right. Now, this is 1994, so it's not a stealth fighter because the stealth fighter had already been, you know. Right. This is but, something that we all have, have talked about that we think existed and may have actually, it's it's, it's a providence that you bring up the stealth fighter, Mac, because many of us believe that there is something else that was flying during the, Desert Storm that helped uh, provide the targeting and provided the uh, the terminal uh, targeting for many of the uh, things that were delivered by the 117, which was yeah, earlier yeah. mentioned in regards to uh, one one and some personal situation he was uh, trying to work out. Getting at that? what I'm getting at here uh, is that the 117, because it was so dedicated to its stealth capabilities, which were phenomenal, it did mm -hmm. not have any real strong ability to put electronic devices that would transmit uh, out to give it uh, positioning and guidance they would need for navigation as well as target acquisition. Yep. Something else in the air that was able to provide uh, last so. uh, the terminal area for the target kind of guidance 
there was, and I was, I was happy to be there. And I remember this was a constant kind of low buzz that we talked about. It was incredible what the aircraft was doing. It is an incredible aircraft. I had a couple of folks that worked for me that flew 117s, tremendous airplane, but it really did not have incredible breakthrough technology in the delivery mm -hmm. systems as much as the stealth made it invisible right. to be seen. Right. Yeah, so yeah. this would lens to that this aircraft working out of Europe, things that I've talked about in the past with Ross about other bases, these incredible um, um, intel surveillance and reconnaissance missions and results that we get out of it kind of lens that we've had something that was the follow-on maybe to the SR-71 or something in a similar vein, maybe not as fast, maybe not as high, but had incredible uh, ability to, to keep radar uh, signatures very low, but still be able to do incredible work. Maybe this is what we're talking how, about. How big was it, the size of a fighter? We're, I would say that probably between something of a fighter and a fighter bomber type aircraft. How do you know uh, it wasn't a, a, an early version of the F-22? Well, that is a very small airplane. And the mm -hmm. way that would never would have had the kind of um, um, the kind of pageantry that went around it when okay. it had its, its accident or when it had its mishap. The interesting thing, let me close up on the C-5. When the C-5 loads up whatever this aircraft is, which was done in the uh, uh, under darkness, undercover, tarped and moves on board, it immediately flies back to uh, Plant 42, which is the United States of Plant uh, 42. And that's the home of the most advanced technology, and that's where Skunk Works uh, has it, as well as Northrop Grumman and Boeing. They all have um, hangars and facilities at this base. Near LA. Near LA. It's in Burbank. Isn't it in Burbank? Uh, I think uh, U.S. Plant 42 is a little bit further out from there. It's closer to the Palmdale, which gets into Oh, Palmdale. Okay, yeah, right. Good. Well, you know, wouldn't we have known by now? I mean, this happened back in 94. You know, a lot of time has gone by. You know, usually these secret planes are kind of revealed when the next one is about to. I think I, I agree, Mac. You would think it would come out. But there's something interesting to me about the whole flying triangle, black triangle, and the black budgets business that's gone on. I think that there may have been a series of airplanes around this particular shape and design that has um, absorbed a lot of a lot of currency, a lot of budget that has had a very break, uh, absolutely technology breaking and operationally uh, breaking capabilities, but also probably came at very, very high cost in a number of areas. Kind of the things that you've alluded to with some of your books where, you know, you have uh, air crews that have, that have suffered because of flying the vehicle, um, the kind of uh, the inability to make it uh, a, a mass uh, aircraft. And I think that the technology and the, and the cost of it provided uh, breakouts and breakthroughs into fleet aircraft that show up later on. So I think that that's probably partially what's happened here. And I don't think that we're ever going to fess up until much later after uh, the aircraft is, is done and it's, it's no longer part of it, yeah, yeah. what that capability is. And that's what we did with the SR-71. I, the SR-71 was flying 10, 15 years before anybody fessed up. It was probably responsible for a number of UFO reports because no one really knew what it was. Yep. And I think that this is probably the same thing. But the TR-3, the Black Manta, the, uh, when you look at Tacit Blue, all these other aircraft that were all surrounding around stealth, uh, high speed, 
and other capabilities, I, I think this is where you find yourself really catching up where all this is. And I think it also translated into a, a lot of the technology and our unmanned, our UAVs that used a combination of stealth and high time endurance to do some of the operations. In this case, uh, the, the RQ-170 Sentinel. I think they're all connected. I just think this was a rate for prime time. Just to wrap it up, the, the best story I heard I read was um, in Ben Rich's book about stealth aircraft. Yes. Ben, ben Rich was like the chief engineer for the stealth fighter. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Tre tremendous guy, tremendous man. And so now this is the big day. They put together the stealth fighter. It's going to take off from Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada at Las, in Las Vegas. And they have a radar station 100 miles out in the desert. And they turn it on. And basically the test is, is this thing going to be picked up on radar? So this is a big, big, big deal. And all these officers are there and contractors and stuff. They're all gathered on this radar screen. And sure enough, a blip shows up. And they all just like, man, and fell to pieces, right? This whole thing down the drain. But it turned out it was the photo plane, a plane that they send up with it to take pictures of it. They did not pick up the cell fighter on radar. And uh, when you really think about it, man, that's quite, a that's quite a, an advancement in technology to have something flying around out there. It doesn't show up in radar. Uh, you know, that's that I think that's quite the uh it's amazing the leap technology. in technology, you know. I mean it is, it's it's pretty amazing. Mac, can you see the uh screen? Oh, there it is. Uh, oh, yeah, background. Okay. Read Radio that show. ad out. That this was an ad that the that Air Forces Monthly had put out, which was a huge publication in Europe. I mean, they had the best pictures, they did all the air shows. These guys were tremendous. They it, lo it looks like a cross between an SR 71 and an F 22 or 23. Yeah. Isn't it pretty amazing? And, it, and the ad said, did you see this plane crash at Bascom Down on September 26, 1994? Factor fiction, judge for yourself in the February issue of Air Force's Month. That is based on the few eyewitness reports, what they thought they were seeing on right. the runway at 20, huh. which is that yeah. infamous Black Triangle airplane. Well, a lot of people see that. So um, why don't we go to a commercial break now? Uh, you're listening to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Thank you, Coco, for that report. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. You deserve a rain shot. And um, we'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned. I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months. When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong. When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there. These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled with barriers. It was really the, the little things throughout the house. Counters that you can't roll up to. I had to drag my wheelchair down steps. I want to help, but he is so determined. At Homes for Our Troops, we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access, roll-in showers, and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and family. This house is freedom. It's hope. It's a new beginning. This house has given me my family back. To learn more, visit hfotusa.org. British Secret Service. Hello, money, honey. Hello, 007. How's your mission to steal the secret sex formula from Dr. No No going? It'll be going fine, except for the two idiots headquarter shit with me. Hey, Mac, did Defolo Krumpus just call us idiots? Yes, he did, one one. He's an ungrateful putz. Nice car, though. Yeah, and you know what? Now it's my turn to but if you drive, what am I going to do? I'll drive you, shoot the machine guns. So no get, way, I'm driving. Drive it to an just a license for you and I'm driving. Oh, see what I mean, Money Penny? 
But James, we have to get the stolen formula Dr. No-No before the big two-for-one sale. I'm on it, Honeypenny, but I've got to rid myself of these two mushmouths first. I still have the red button, don't I? James, not the red button. Cobra, save us! Hello, gentlemen. And you, Mr. Bond. Oh, my God. Is that Commander Cobra? Jumping from a helicopter through the shelter roof of my Ashton Martin? Well played, Cobra. What are you doing here? Besides rescuing my two friends, James, I'm here to tell you that you don't have to steal the cardio sex formula from Dr. No-No. All you have to do is go online and order it yourself. Then you'll have plenty of the new energy drink that can give you the extra endurance you need to get through. Please, Cobra, tell us why it's called sex. It's called SEX for Strength Energy Accelerator. And it's easy to use. Just mix a scoop of water, shake it, not stir it. 30 minutes before you start your workout, and you'll find you can last longer and feel all around better about finishing your regime. Oh, my. And the mix comes in many different flavors. My favorite is passion fruit. Mine, too. Why, you little trollop. Hey, Mac, look at all these buttons. I wonder what they do. I don't know. Push one and find out. Not, not the, the big red, red one. No! Jeez, I hope he's wearing his rocket belt. Guess not. That's SCX Workout Dietary Supplement, available only through Cardillo USA. Visit CardilloUSA.com for more details about our big two-for-one sale. That's C-A-R-D-I-L-L-O-U-S-A.com and get some sex today. Everyone to Mac Maloney's Milk our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Why, what a show we have you tonight. We're talking about everything. Let me introduce the members of the posse. Okay. Very famous Juan Juan is here, Juani. Yes, sir. Mac, how are you? How is everybody doing tonight? I hate to ask this, but yeah. what are you wearing tonight? Who are you wearing? Uh, Stone's hat, black shirt, shorts. I'm really uh, cash. Uh, my Harry Potter, really my Harry Potter glasses. Okay, so you're out of the uh, Mikos, the Greek fisherman. Right, I'm not. I'm not going. Vibe. I'm not going Greek tonight. Oh, whoa! <laughs> anyway, time to move on. Up there in his bunker compound. I mean, Commander Cobra's here. As always, Mac, a pleasure to join the party. Be part of the. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. There we go. That just in. Okay. You didn't hear me. I said middle-aged lady. I know. I heard you, and that's why okay, I said right. me. I just slipped that, just had to slip that in. Okay. They're in uh, the Bowl of Flakes. Our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward. Switchy. Great to be here tonight, Mac. Good to see and you, also, Switchy. Good to see you, Switch. Having fun so far? I'd rather see the donuts, frankly. <laughs> but also, the beauty among the beasts. Our good friend Raven is with us up there in upstate. Yeah, Raven. Hi. Raven. Two bun night. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay wow <laughs> okay sorry, i guess i, I guess a, that sage smoke is no 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 the sage smoke has caught up got to you know, it's, it's been a long evening i, I thought you heard the other shoe yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. oh that was oh that's okay all right a, nice it's a it's a trippy tropics what is that what's what's trippy tropics no doubt about that 
Is that a beer? Strawberry, coconut, pineapple, and vanilla fruited sour. 6.2%. Wow. Nice. Is that a beer tree um, product? It's a beer tree beer. Man, I got to go up and get some of that beer tree stuff. I got to go up there and visit. Road trip. Wow, wow, wow. So, uh, yeah, it looks good. I'm sitting here drinking a Bud Light that someone left at my door. (laughs) Uh, Literally. Someone left at your door? (laughs) As it turned out, yeah. Do you know who? I know the initials, CC. Hey, do you eat all those scones? Kind of a Meals on Wheels. It was a Meals on Wheels, as it turns out. Yes, but I don't. Mac knows. I I just leave a message for him, and I tell him I'm 20 minutes out with a speedball to drop off, not to be confused with uh, drug drug paraphernalia or (laughs) It doesn't mean that kind of speedball, folks. It's the military term of a speedball. (laughs) And uh, what I had was Ross's scones, which Ross had made a special batch of scones Mm, just for Mac. So I put those on ice. And then then I had a selection of beers. Mac does not like the the more exotic beers that I do, but I had Bud Lights and I, I gave him a nice and some Hard, uh, hard uh, water. Hard, uh, What's that? Uh, what do you call that? The thing that kids are crazy about, Raven. Truly, the, uh, truly claws stuff? and hard all these candy? other ones. Hard, oh, no, not white, oh, white claw, hard white seltzer. Claws. Yeah, yeah, hard seltzer. Thank you. Yeah, oh, hard seltzer. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll have one of those when I'm feeling bougie, but yeah. typically I'm a beer drinker. Yeah, me too. I don't even like the taste of beer. Uh, your father and I have gone around on this a yeah. couple times. I don't like the taste of beer. The only reason I drink beer is to get the buzz. I, I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I think it tastes kind of weird, but anyway, you'd never know it, huh? <laughs> well, you got to stop drinking that half and refer. That's all I, can, all I can say. Remember that? I used to steal that from oh. my father. <laughs> Always loved <clears throat> decoding the inside of the bottle cap on the half and refers. Oh. You know, the little, is that, the they little have a little message on them. Yeah, yeah little pictograms, right? These little yeah. pictograms oh, right. in them. Yeah. yeah, I was too young to read. Anyway, it was like universal. Okay. Remember in Mad Magazine uh, on the outer border, there'd be these little things. I think they called them portrazibis or something. There'd be a little Mad Magazine. Yeah. The little drawings on the, the, little drawings uh, on the, the margin. Yeah. yeah. You'd yeah. be, you'd be wrecked up to your, up to the heavens, you know, and you're, you're reading Mad Magazine again for the 10th time. And you see, Oh my yeah. God, look at this one. Oh man, what was that? I didn't see Imagine that the guy who did that, you know, because they're just one little cartoons, you know, and yeah. something that had to happen in that one little space. And they were really freaky. I don't want to get down the Mad Magazine road here, but when that was funny, that was funny. It was, oh my God. That oh, was those like guys really, were, really they were at the top of their game. They were unstoppable. Yeah. Then it didn't yeah. like anything else. It kind of peed it up. Mort and, Drucker as yep. the, uh, the the artist for most of the TV and movie satires. I mean, mm-hmm. perfect. And I and, and this is, would be back in the era of some of our favorite shows, like the the Fugitive, Star Trek, Star Trek, Lost in Smoke. What was what was some of the uh, satirical names? I remember some of them. Uh, the Fugitive was the Pugitive. Lost <laughs> up in space. Voyage yeah, you got to see what's at the space. bottom. Yeah. Um, Boys, to see what's at the bottom. Yeah, right, I remember that, right. man. You remember the movies that they did, Mac? They would do like a, a, a pictorial of movies. I remember the one they did on Five Easy Pieces, which was like a major huh. uh, event for me because my parents, for some reason, thought that I could go see that movie with them uh, <laughs> on a Saturday Jack, at the Jack Granada Nicholson, Theater. Watch one while I to say Granada. The Granada and Malden? It's a sneak we, in. Whoa. Yeah. There's memory lane there. Yeah. And Mad Magazine did a their kind of parody on five easy pieces and i'll never forget how they drew 
the characters in that. It was just amazing, their interpretation. And they did all kinds of movies. And, and what my Drucker, the detail that he would put oh, into God. tremendous. Just one frame had so much going on, and, and it was crazy. And then, then they on the other end of the scale, they had Don Martin who would do all those crazy, oh, crazy songs. Yes. And they were so bizarre and weird, you know, in the drawings are weird. Uh, okay, so for let's, the, let, let's let's try to bring Raven back into the for, for the third time tonight. Raven, do you have any idea what we're talking about? Mad Magazine. I know what Mad Magazine is really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, spy versus okay. Spy. Yes, I'm not, you know, a fetus. Okay, I know what things are. What we know, wow. we know, Raven. right back at you, kiddo. Is that some kind of spirit or something? Okay. The first time that word's ever been used. I don't know. I'm, I'm well, Max House, <laughs> you probably do have to burn sage and start talking about fetuses. Oh my god, I gotta tell you, that's the first time that word has ever been added on the show. Well, I, I marked the you. tape. Let's rewind the tape. <laughs> a fetus, <laughs> what'd you say? Fetus. <laughs> 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 Oh, it sounds like something else. Breaking, hey guys, play it back again. Switchy, I think we better go to page two. Go ahead. Uh, page two. Listen, uh, now, Matt, earlier oh. you mentioned uh, your book on sale everywhere no. beyond Area 51. And people think that uh, we're used to thinking of, you know, a very kind of egocentric that Area 51 is the be all end all of these secret places. But it's not, is it? Hell no, no, really. Seriously, it's just one of many. There's a lot of them around the world. I think we did 14 or 15 in the book. But one of the best places, uh, I mean, that I, I liked doing the research on and I had never heard of until, you know, we started doing the book was this place called Kapustinya. Okay, it's in Russia. It's basically Russia's version of if you if you combine Cape Canaveral and Area 51, that would be Kapustinya because it's a launch facility where they put a lot of their military stuff in space, but you know, other stuff too. But it's also where they like do all their experiments as a nuclear storage facility there. Uh, it's very, very secret, but everyone knows where it is. Um, but it has a very interesting history and, and it has a very interesting UFO history because uh, Stalin himself gave the order that if, the, if anyone, if anyone is flying over Kapustin, yeah, it's not supposed to be there. You're supposed to shoot them down. And, I think when he gave that order, he thought that, you know, all these things that they saw flying around this place were just American spy planes or who knows what they were and basically shoot them down. But it turns out that a lot of times the pilots were what they were going up, what they were um, scrambled to go up and check out, you know, weren't exactly um, earthly airplanes or earthly machines. They were, you know, what we would call UFOs. And, and, and there's, like I said, there's a long history of UFOs, you know, hanging around this place. Uh, once it was built in the late 40s. Now, what gives that part of this credibility is that there is a woman, I think her name was Popovich. Yes. Something like that, where she was like a hero, literally a hero of the Soviet Union. She was a jet fighter pilot and uh, she uh, flew the X-planes, Russian X-planes. She was a test pilot. She did all this and she was just as famous in Russia as, as Chuck Yeager was in the United States, to tell you the truth. And she wrote five, six books. And in one of them, she just comes clean. She says, we used to be scrambled to go up and, you know, try to shoot down these slasher shaped things. We didn't know what they were. I mean, she gives this really, really vivid description of having dogfights with UFOs. Now, if you can imagine Chuck Yeager doing that in this country in his heyday, uh, how different it would be anyway. So um, it, it, there's, there's really some really detailed UFO crashes and stuff like that. So if you get a chance, you, should, you know, like Google it, Kapustin Ya. Well, I think... I think I think it was UFO Glassnost was a book that she wrote that revealed some of this material. Mm -hmm. 
And, and, and she had a lot of credibility because, you know, why, why go through that? You know, if you, you're already a hero of the workers or whatever, she was already at the pinnacle uh, to come out and say that UFOs were that real. But, but another strange thing happened there too, is that um, is later on, like in the, I think it happened in the eighties, um, they had a UFO sighting there. And what it was, was this UFO came down right on top of the nuclear storage facility that they have at this place, Kapustin, yeah, and it, and it hovered there. And 30 people saw it and, um, and, and, and kind of floated around. Then it took off. Then it came back. It did all this, these UFO things that they seem to do. And um, um, so they reported it. And um, what happened was the KGB came in and the KGB, you know, questioned the witnesses. And the witnesses all gave the same story that the strange thing was floating around and you have to think, well, why would you lie to the KGB? You don't. No. Okay, so that's really good testimony. Uh, and so years later, uh, one of the Rockefeller brothers actually paid for a, um, you know, to, uh, an investigation of it. And he he uh, created a white paper and gave it to Clinton when Clinton was president, and then you know was never seen again. But um, yeah, Kapustinya, a very interesting place. You know, Google it. Here's the thing about this: uh, Kapustinya was that it was started, you know, like at the end of World War II. Lots of the Nazi German scientists mm -hmm. came over to our side, the Western side. That's a whole other story. The whole paperclip operation. Uh, you know, they tried to, you know, be captured by the Americans and the British, and a lot of them weren't so lucky, and they were captured by the Russians. And uh, the Russians sent them to Kapustin. Yeah, they they actually that's what actually started. It was these captured Nazi scientists kind of built the place, just like free Nazi scientists helped us in our space program, but. They actually, this is this is the Russians' fault. They actually built a secret city right next to this place. I mean, it's literally a huge city that that really doesn't have a name. And all the people who are assigned to live there work at Kapustinya. And um, I get a I get a feeling it's not like a real happy place to work. And I also feel and it's out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's near Volgograd, wherever the hell that is. Well, but well, wasn't there another like a town or a village? That they decided they moved everybody out and just leveled yep. it because it was they too close it, yeah. to see yeah. what was going on. Yep, and it was like kind of like get out, okay, and boom, you're gone, you know. And um, um, and we were telling the middle of nowhere, not not on the border of the of the country. That's why I always thought. I mean, at first I thought, well, if Stalin gives this order, like I said, he it's like shooting at at basically the Western spy planes. But we were like in the middle of nowhere, unless they're talking about U-2s, which fight too, too high for them to scramble to intercept anyway. I don't know. But it's a, it's an interesting place. Kapustinya, uh, you know, Google it. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun kind of researching. Now, there was, a, there was another one in Australia. Pine Bush. No. Pine Gap. Pine, Pine Gap. Yeah. That's Pine Bush is in New York. Pine Bush is in New York. Pine Bush is right next to uh, Raven. Right? She probably knows about that it's place. Right Did you ever see any UFOs there, Raven? Pine Bush. I've never been there, unfortunately. No. I'm trash, so I can't no, go there. Don't say that. What's to say that there isn't UFOs floating around Johnson City? I mean, that's, there might also, be. It's also the but, name um, of an X-rated movie, as it turns out. But look. Also, it could be a foot fetish in grabbing shoes. So you know that's not <laughs> okay, going here on. We go. and, and here you we wouldn't go. even have the you know the slightest clue. But Pine Gap is one of those really incredible places. So this is a place. It's it's literally in the the center of Australia, out in the middle of the desert. Nothing around there except there's a small town next to it. And and basically what it is and what we know it is, it's an NSA listening station. 
And it's from when you hear the NSA can go through every email sent around the world every day, every second of the day. Correct. This is one of the places that makes that work. And um, um, but the other things uh, go on out there, too. Like there's like an air base out there and lots of people work there. It's supposed to be a joint Australian U.S. kind of command, but it's basically the U.S. So so and then there's a very small like little village next to it, which also has this kind of UFO type thing and odd things go on there and stuff. But the interesting thing about this place is that you can you can get not you can get kind of closer, much closer to it than you can get to Area 51. In fact, people go and they camp, and I guess you you can kind of see it off in the distance, but still see it. And um, there was these guys who went out there, and I think it was in the 60s, and they saw you know what they said was this huge spacecraft come down, and this kind of communication between the people in the flying saucer and people on, on the ground and so on. And if I remember it right, they wrote this in the 60s. And when you watch Close Encounters of the Third Kind, that terrible movie, it seems like they were describing what you see in the movie, this kind of grand kind of meeting between you know humans and aliens and so on. And it's just kind of odd that they wrote that uh, before the movie even came out, unless... One one yes. buddy Steven Spielberg stole it from them. He probably did. That. Yeah, he did. And it seems like there's been a lot of situations. I know they were looking for a missing child once. People were out there doing other things, Creepy and they things. would catch some of these strange objects. And uh, weren't several of them seen like going into the side of mountains and right, that kind yeah. of thing? Yep. We we do know that you can. I've been told that you can land planes in to the side of a mountain if you do it right. And uh, I don't know how often they do it, but, you know, I've talked to people who have seen C-130s come out of the side of a mountain out in Nevada and so on. But anyway, um, yeah, it went with the people who lived in that in that little town. I think that they are the people who I don't want to say they're the uh, they're the help, but I think they're the maintenance people and so on who work at this place. So you have to have some kind of a clearance. But strange things happen in that place. Like you say, people go missing. And uh, I think when there was a someone who was missing and when they sent out the search party, that's when they found all these odd things out near Pine Gap, you know, and saw all these kind of strange things. But the people there must, they, 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 if they, if a lot of them work at the facility, then they must have some kind of a, you know, have to, you know, sign a non-disclosure agreement or something. You know, they, they, they're kind of working with the people there. But on the other hand, they do report all this, like, really kind of strange stuff. And the, the place does exist. I mean, there's everything in there saying that in that mountain, there's a huge antenna that allows the U.S. to talk to all the submarines under the water without using radio or something. It's crazy. And, and it's like a lot of things. It's a lot of speculations. A lot of it is nonsense. But the place does exist, Pine Gap, Australia. And it's and it's very kind of, um, I don't want, yeah, creepy, spooky. There's a, there's a real kind of spooky edge around it that Area 51 doesn't have. Because, like, lots of odd things happen there that aren't necessarily UFO-related. You know? How's that switch? Well, Go ahead. Not, Brad, not very good. I think people should buy that book. Is there a is there a TV documentary about that or not? I don't think so. There's a really interesting TV series on Netflix that uh, did a couple of seasons but talking they, about the. That's kind of a soap opera they did down there. Shows that the uh, uh, CCP has agents outside Pine Gap, you know, working as yeah, construction exactly. people, and yeah, it's really uh, interesting. But I do know a couple of people that served down there. It's actually quite a. Uh, good assignment in the nsa but it's a very tough one you know there's just not a lot there there's just basically the work literally out in the middle of nowhere you don't get a lot of uh, uh 
uh, a lot of uh, humanitarian leads like up to Sydney or Melbourne and places like that. That just doesn't occur that often. Right. But it's uh, quite a feather uh, of accomplishment, a feather in the cap of accomplishments to, uh, to do a tour there. And it does provide critical. I mean, we use uh, Australia as a critical manning facility for oh, yeah. a lot of the manned space work because it provided uh, communications uh, for our you know, fledgling uh, space program when uh, we were doing orbits around the Earth. Raven has a question. She's raising her hand. No, I just, I'm trying to think, maybe I have my, my whole timeline off, but as far as um, the, the, the spookiness, um, was Ivan Milat um, operating the, at the same time in this general area? Or was that like different time, different place, everything? Who? He's a serial killer in um, oh, Australia. Okay, all right. I, I wondered who the hell you were talking about. Okay, all right. In Australia, he was a serial killer. Yeah, I can't remember like what date range he he operated from, but I didn't know if maybe those two intertwined. Well, if he was out, if he was a serial killer out in Pine Gap, he'd soon run out of people to kill because like there's like nothing out there. I mean, it's That's what's his true. name again? Give me the name again. Ivan Millet. Ivan Millet. Okay, serial killer oh. down in Australia. Yeah, it should come right up. He's like the most prolific one in Australia. Wow. Huh? I have to wonder which which Nazis were happier, the ones that came over here with paperclip or the ones the, the Russians uh, kidnapped? I think they were much happier over here, to tell you the truth. Okay, he's, he's 1989 to 1993. Oh. Okay. He was in New South Wales, which is uh, really one of, the, I think, the greatest parts of Australia. Spent a lot of time there. Is that mm -hmm. the one that's the island or is that no, New Zealand? That's, that's Tasmania. 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 I was yeah. so close. New Zealand is right off the coast, though. It's almost the same thing. Uh, we have a lot of <laughs> listeners in New Zealand, so I it is a nice place. So I, that's I mean. where uh, Mrs. Coco and I had our first date. It was uh, Christchurch, New Zealand. Really? So yeah. cool. Really? Wow. wow. Hi, that's New really Zealand. Cool. We love you guys. That's awesome, Coco. And that oh, was also the uh, site of the uh, the jetpack that I was preparing to test fly. That you remember, Mac, a few years back. I had some actually the simulator and we yes. were getting ready to fly they they were out of new zealand as well sadly really? that, that project did not work out uh, for the, the u.s side of it no it, it, they flew it uh mm -hmm. it did fly but it just did not um work out to uh to make the big leap into the commercial uh, you can't carry enough fuel to to keep you airborne all a long time right and that's that one basically the problem. that one could stay in the air depending on the weight of the uh, pilot occupant was like a 30 to 45 minute um and that's not bad it was it was pretty uh, pretty interesting aircraft. It really wasn't a jet pack where it was using jet thrust. It used a series of of uh, prop rotors that were inside, okay, um, uh, ducting, and then you were able to maneuver it around. I I enjoyed flying the simulator quite a bit. I thought it was a great project. I was looking forward to you know, too, too zipping around. Right you could have donned a secret identity, yeah, you know, Jet Boy, and you could have you know Jet Boy. Um, I'm talking about Jet Boy. Yeah, Jet Boy. How about Jet Guy? No. Jet, guy. Jet guy. No, I don't know. No, okay. Jet boy's got a ring to it. How about just Cobra or Coco? Uh, how about that? <laughs> Coco, maybe. Was that like the jetpack in the Thunderball movie? Yeah. In the no, those, are, those, those, are, those are thrust producing jets. Yeah. Great mm -hmm. system, by the way. As Mac was alluding, you had about someplace between 15 and about 20 minutes of, of flight time with them. If that, um, yeah. Now, the guys that you really want to see is the Gravity Company. It's an outfit out of uh, England. I actually know the uh, the uh, the chief uh, test pilot of that. 
that's a system where they have a backpack that throws thrust and then they have thrusters that you actually keep on your hands. And the work that they're doing with that is unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, very quick to teach people how to use it. They've got all kinds of really cool things. The, that may be one of the most practical uh, transport uh, capabilities of the jetpack out there right now. I can't wait to get my jetpack. Um, so listen, um, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break now? And uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Mill Talks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft? Or is someone or something looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. British Secret Service. Hello, money, baby. Hello, 007. How's your mission to steal the secret sex formula from Dr. No, no, no. It'll be going fine, ship from the two idiots headquarters ship with me. Hey, Mac, did Duffalo Krumpus just call us idiots? Yes, he did, one one. He's an ungrateful putz. Nice car, though. Yeah, and you know what? Now it's my turn. But if you drive, what am I going to do? I'll drive, you shoot the machine guns. Okay? No way, I'm Get driving. To now, just a license for you and I'm driving. Oh, see what I mean, Money Penny? But James, we have to get the stolen formula, Dr. No-No, before the big two-for-one sale. I'm on it, honey, man. But I've got to rid myself of these two mushmuffs first. Uh, what? Huh? I still have the red button, don't I? James, not the red button. Cobra, save us! Hello, gentlemen. And you, Mr. Bond. Oh, my God. Is that Commander Cobra? Jumping from a helicopter through the shell roof of my Ashton Martin? Well played, Cobra. What are you doing here? Besides rescuing my few friends, James, I'm here to tell you that you don't have to steal the cardio sex formula from Dr. No-No. All you have to do is go online and order it yourself, and then you'll have plenty of the new energy drink that can give you the extra endurance you need to get through. Please, Cobra, tell us why it's called sex. It's called S-E-X, or Strength Energy Accelerator, and it's easy to use. Just mix a scoop of water, shake it, not stir it. 30 minutes before you start your workout, and you'll find you can last longer and feel all around better about finishing your regime. Oh, my. And the mix comes in many different flavors. My favorite is passion fruit. Mine, too. Why, you little trollop. Hey, Mac, look at all these buttons. I wonder what they do. I don't know. Push one and find out. Not, not the, the big red, red one. No. Geez, I hope he's wearing his rocket belt. Guess not. That's SEX Workout Dietary Supplement, available only through Cardillo USA. Visit CardilloUSA.com for more details about our big two-for-one sale. That's C-A-R-D-I-L-L-O-U-S-A.com. You can get some sex 
today. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show tonight. And uh, we still got a way to go. So let me introduce the members of the gang. Well, I want to say Plassey, but I have to say gang. Girls of Very Fairness, Juan Juan is here. Yes, sir. Hello, everybody. Mac, how's No it longer Mikos. No longer Mikos. That's in the past. That's right. Although I did like that um, look. Go ahead. I do like that look, though. I'll go back. You did well? Yeah. You can never say never, right? That's right. I liked it. It was me. Um, Mills, Gilson, DJ Gills, Coco is here. Good evening, sir. As always, privilege. You're listening to me. Um, let's see. Does everybody know what Bob that Evans. what that mnemonic means? What? Mills, Gills, and whatever blah blah blah. Why? Why do we have to? Why do we have to go into that? Come on. These people have the internet. Right. Take a look it the up. Internet. Internet. The internet. Uh, what is that? Right. Oh, whoa. Easy there, Raven. Easy. That's where you're going to get the definition. Next thing you know, you're going to be talking about uh, rusty trombones and dirty sand. Come on, oh, no, 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 no. Stop, 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 no, stop. Up there in the bowl of flakes, Battle Creek, Michigan, the Battle Creek of the Republic, National Correspondent Switchblade Steve Ward. Great to be here tonight. Switchy. Okay. You had uh, what you have today? It was big. I remember that. Yeah, biscuits and gravy. Biscuits, biscuits and, gravy, and gravy. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Bob Evans. Eggs over With easy, eggs. white toast. And white toast. That gravy is good. Orange gravy, juice. Which Why was no followed bacon? up by a salami Coffee. sandwich with mayo. Oh, that's right. Not that's too it. much. For mayo. Hey, listen. Why, why no one bacon today, Switchy? Looking well, at the. I, uh, I mean, sausage, biscuits, and gravy. And, oh, you. Oh, so, I didn't hear the sausage. Me. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, it's in the gravy. Well, listen. We have to let me introduce. You know. Our other co-host, Raven, is with us. Raven. Hello. I'm I, here. I'm going back to Switch because he wasn't on last week. And there's two things we have to apologize to you for switching. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We did a bit where um, listeners wrote in to with their suggestions on the name of our new rock band. Yeah. Okay. And it was things like, um, you know, Juan Juan and the Buns. And in the bundles and things like that, right? We take Mac and the fries. I thought was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. Okay, but one of them was uh, <laughs> what was it? Something blue, something switchy. Let me look that's it the, up. Hang on, because the can't... name of the band was that? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna pull up the email. So, um, top 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 ten band yourselves. names. Yeah, we top thought it would be soft jazz. That'd be a good name for soft jazz if we went in that direction. Switching out laughing. I don't know why. Hey, Raven, I want yes. you to check my background. That's the Star Child Fetus from 2001, a Kubrick production. But the other one, Switch, um, which we should send you a uh, note of apology on, was the name of the band suggested was Switching the Baby Sausages. 
<laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Sorry Did about that. Did you find that. it? Especially in the 80s. I don't know. I remember that. Yeah, remember that? There he goes. Yeah, he's <laughs> shooting himself again in the head with the drill. And drumming um, his eyes. We, we just got it. We're just going for the cheap laugh. So I like okay. uh, Sorry. Okay, well, that's, that's, that's the I like the pigs, the okay, pigs nice. in the blanket. I like that. Drop the F word, switch. That was fair. Hard to take. What were the other ones? What was, what was the other ones? Some of them were funny. Um, The bundles, I, that I remember. Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. one one in the buns. One one in the buns. Oh, two in the hat. Coco had one. Billy Club. Um, yes. <laughs> Coco and the coconuts. That's from an old one. Um, anyway, so listen, Switchy. Yeah. In the time we have left, first it of really all, really should have been Coco and the puffs. I think there's a real I band Coco in the coconuts. Uh, you have an oh, odd story good. for us tonight. But before yes. you do that, I realize that we do the plugs every uh, show, and we never ask you to plug your own show. So please go ahead and plug your own show. You have a show uh, on every two weeks. Four it was a podcast. Late. Yes, the yes. high strangeness factor on the on the uh, uh, the paranormal UK radio network. Yes, yes, yes. Well, when is it on? When can I get it? How can I? Get it? Uh, well, you you go to Spreaker. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like. Uh, Sounds politically incorrect, but uh, you can uh, you can Google it. You'll be able to find it uh, mm -hmm. from the uh, the Paranormal UK Radio Network. They have a lot of shows, and okay. including they they uh, have this show available as well. Yes, yes. and mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's every fortnight. Every fortnight, okay. and there's about two and a half years worth of shows if you go in the background. In fact, there's a show that's not uh, hasn't been on uh, out too long yes. with the Raven as the guest. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, how about that? Mm. Yeah, nice. It was okay. so much fun. Yeah, it Fort was awesome. Fortnite's every two weeks for all of us in America. Okay. And one, one. Midwesterners, right. Uh, wow. Did you sing on his show, uh, Raven? Did you give him a little song? No. Uh, okay. No. No. It, it, Didn't uh, get no, that this is, far. Next this time. is a serious show, Mac. Okay. You, all right. I'm gonna have to, I'd sing. like to listen to that. So anyway, switching. So you have a tale from the fringe tonight, a very odd one, right? Yes. In, in fact, I was going through some uh, a stack of old UFO report magazines. I re remember those from uh, predominantly the 70s, I think. Oh, yeah. And uh, I remember this one particular story. I mean, it was so bizarre that I, I just kind of rejected it out of hand. But uh, and I didn't think I had it in my collection, but I, I stumbled on it. And then I found out the the reporter that did the, the, the story was Anne Slate. Anne Slate was a contributor to a lot of these, and she's maybe best known. She was the co-author of a famous Bigfoot book from the seventies called Bigfoot. It was a it was a paperback book. It was kind of, had kind of a green cover, and a lot of people know Good of this. Good title. Good title. It was just basic and, and to the point, but it covered all aspects of the Bigfoot phenomena at that time. Uh, Stan Gordon and his research and the bizarre uh, in, encounters in Pennsylvania in 73 and 74 are in there. Uh, Ron Moorhead, uh, the uh, the guy that captured the Sierra Sounds. That's the, this is the first time his research was mentioned. And, and one of the co-authors was uh, Alan Barry, who was the very reporter they went out with uh, Ron Moorhead. Uh, in the Sierra Nevadas. So uh, it was quite a classic book. And so Ann B. Slate, uh, Aunt B. Ann Slate, or just used her first initial there, uh, was uh, a contributor to a lot of this material. Now, this was called The Alien of Blount Island, and it's a, a really bizarre tale. And uh, it took place uh, uh, in, in Florida. Uh, and uh, and this is, uh, it, uh, it reported in the May 1979 issue of UFO Report. 
and a guy named Norman Chaston. Uh, he had uh, arrived early to hear a lecture by Stanton Friedman because he be, a year before he'd had this bizarre experience and he, he didn't know much about the UFO phenomena or UFO reports. So he, he ends up uh, listening to Stanton Friedman and he sends Friedman a, a letter about this crazy experience he had. Now he was a, uh, a railroad electrical uh, engineer for the railroad for 35 years. This was a Friday evening, January, 1972. He's 60 years old. He, uh, he takes his boat and trailer to Blount Island. And it, uh, it's right uh, uh, near the Atlantic Ocean, uh, near the mouth of the St. John River, just east of Jacksonville. So, and this, this Blount Island is actually an industrial area, but it's the weekend and things are pretty much shut down. So he's got, uh, at least he's got this area to himself and he's, uh, he, he's looking for large red bass. He's quite an avid fisherman. So uh, he's anchored a little bit offshore and uh, he's about three hours into fishing and all of a sudden he sees these strange lights. And of course, like most people do, he goes through the, you know, what the heck is this? Is it a low flying helicopter or whatever? As this thing gets closer, it's kind of a, it's, it's a, a classic flying saucer. It's got a dome. It's about 75 feet long, eight feet uh, deep, and about uh, a five-foot dome. He, uh, this thing is, kind, is right over him. So he's freaking out, obviously. He turns the, the lights off on his boat. And immediately when he does that, this thing turns off all its lights. So that, again, he's getting a, a little more nervous. So he... Uh, He's, 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 kind, he's been uh, preoccupied with watching this thing. The tide is going out. And so his boat starts to get stuck and it, be, it goes aground. So he gets out of the boat, makes his way through the muck. And he wants to find, try and find something, a piece of wood or something to try and uh, pry his boat loose. Well, he moves his spotlight around and he encounters this really bizarre looking humanoid creature. And it's standing about, it's, it's uh, the... Uh, the growth is about waist high for this thing, which is about five, five and a half feet tall. It's pretty classic. It's got small arms, large head, pointed ears. Some of the grays reported don't really seem to have ears and an angular chin. On top of this, of this head is kind of a glowing disc. And of course it has the, the oversized, the uh, protruding eyes. Now this thing, now there's, there's a couple aspects of this that, that uh, are you'll find some of the same patterns in other accounts. This thing uh, raises its arm and there's something in its hand, some kind of a flat device, about three inches in diameter. A brilliant flash follows. Now, uh, this is very common in these reports. The entity has uh, a light on its chest or it's holding a light or whatever. And this guy uh, starts to become paralyzed. He can feel it starting at his neck and then it goes down through his body he starts to become very dizzy. And eventually uh, it goes to his legs and they give out. Now, right after this bright flash, he is experiencing this horrible stench. Now, not too often do you hear about the foul stench as far as I can recall with uh, humanoid encounters, but okay. certainly with Bigfoot, you know, and some of the other cryptids you do. So here's a couple of factors that perhaps will, might suggest that this was a real experience. Uh, and this goes way back again to the seventies. Um, now he's, he's incapacitated and, uh, he's also, uh, as, as he starts to get his, uh, faculties back a bit, he's also kind of afraid to move around too much. He doesn't want to be seen again if this thing is still around. 
And so finally he regains a use of his legs, but it's, it's, it's the next morning. This was about three in the morning when this, this uh, event uh, originally uh, occurred. So he, he finds his boat now that the tide has come in, he swims out to his boat and he, he drives home. She, his wife can tell that there's something wrong with him, but uh, she has been under a doctor's care. She's been ill. He does not want to saddle her with this wild story. So he tells her, well, I know I just got seasick. And it was, it took me a while to, you know, recover and, and come home. Mm -hmm. So the next day he returns to the island. He wants to see if there's any clues, anything left there that, uh, uh, that might uh, indicate what happened to him. Some, you know, landing marks, anything. There's nothing there. And he starts having these crazy dreams. He starts dreaming uh, of uh, visions of another planet, uh, strange looking entities. He's dreaming of huge flowers, uh, assembly lines making saucer-shaped craft mm. and it's really really disturbing stuff now the author at this point uh uh ann slate uh speculates that these things might be very similar to the kelly hopkinsville goblins and i i don't really see the resemblance i think she was off mm -hmm. base on that and she does other speculation that this might have been some kind of a a robot or something like that and that, that doesn't seem to fit either three days later and this is still early in february he hears this huge thunderclap one night and it's a terrible rainstorm. And after the rainstorm, he's, he's getting the same horrible stench that he got before on Blount Island. And he goes outside. He's kind of, because of the, the smell, he's got his shotgun with him. I don't know what he expects to encounter, but growing in the grass directly behind his camper that he, he brought back, it looks like a cluster of flesh-colored heads growing in the ground. <laughs> These plants, he thought at least, resembled the faces of the humanoid. The face it seems the like a scene right out of Motel Hell. Oh yes, absolutely. Is is uh, and, and it even looks like they have these gaping mouths and large <laughs> eye sockets. Cool. So now three of these things, uh, three of the five, uh, it, it looks like the heads are more developed, and two of them are more like. Uh, in quotes, uh, like babies. I mean, the eyes are closed oh if they're God. really eyes. I know. <laughs> this is this is why I remember. I remember this from years ago, and I thought, oh man, no, no way, no way. So uh, now he's looking around. He's wondering, well, I guess there a spacecraft around. There's no spacecraft. He uh, he he call. You know, there's no. He wants to grab a couple of neighbors to show him that he's not crazy. You know, but they're they've gone to work. So he drags his poor wife out, and she freaks out looking at these things. So. What he does, he say he's got to, he, he wants to uh, prove it to somebody. So he digs up one of these things, oh. one of these heads, <laughs> takes it to the Jacksonville Journal newspaper offices. <laughs> so he's, he's got this head sitting on the floor of the car. This is, this is a fringe report where you go, go to the edge, you know, where the, the, the fringe ends, and then yes. it drops off like the edge of the world if it was flat. That's yeah, where we're right now. We're, we're off. We're yeah. off the edge of the world right okay. now. Now, also, he's getting, it's, it smells horrible. He's starting to get a little bit dizzy. He's concerned because he's driving. You have to be very careful when you harvest yeah. your heads. You now he's getting very dizzy. careful. Okay, well, this go is ahead. Something, this was new to him. So he wasn't, you know, he wasn't as careful as he probably should have been. So mm -hmm. he gets to the newspaper offices and he's trying to, he's trying to describe what he's got in the car. And they're asking, say, are you drunk? He's like, no, no, I don't drink. So he gets, he gets a few of the people out there to look at this and, uh, they, they, one of them says, look, it's even got little teeth <laughs> in, oh. in it. And uh, so they, uh, they're, they're done with that. I mean, the, the smell is horrible. So then he goes to the, 
the Seaboard Coastline Railroad Company, Roundhouse. It doesn't say why, he must have known some people there, but the article doesn't mention it. And he, uh, he, he brings it in and they don't, you know, it, it smells horrible. So they tell him to get the hell out of there. A guy named Clyde uh, Schramm, it was a pipe fitter, and right. sees the, now there's, it's leaking this like red stuff. And oh. it was in the, in the car as well because he had to slam on the brakes one time. Oh God. Uh, and, and the next day, the, the heads that were left were all shriveled up to pink sponge-like balls. The next day, yes. I'm a straight up vom. Now, yeah. Raven is vomiting. I'm vomiting. C.C. Krieger <laughs> of the Mushroom Handbook, uh, there, there is a variety of fungi called stinkhorns. <laughs> and they, they smell like horrible, like Limburger cheese. And because of the way insects attack them and so forth, uh, the, the, uh, these things kind of take on uh, human features, shapes and designs. Well, it, it, this is, you know, if, if this is really true, it's, it's kind of hard to believe that these, all these people were seeing these faces in this thing. On the other hand, how do, you know, what, what happened? Did he get some seeds from the, uh, inadvertently from this area and they yes. grow in, in the market, they grow themselves. I mean, I've seen cartoons where they grow Martians and stuff like that, but that mm. doesn't, doesn't really fit. No. So, but it, but also it has, uh, it's some varieties, they have uh, some kind of a, like a, a red uh, substance that oozes out of them. So, you know, one can decide what, what really happened here. Uh, uh, I never, I, when, I, when I first read this uh, many, many years ago, I thought, oh, no way. And then I saw, well, Ann Slate did the research. Okay, maybe. And then, then I'm looking at this now and there's a few aspects of it that are, uh, <laughs> that, that have other patterns. And then, oh no, oh no. If, I wish I could describe the image that Commander Cobra yes. has behind him. It's both appropriate to the story and, and inappropriate. Very inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> it looks that, like a- uh, Hey, Stinkhorn is Stinkhorn. If you want a picture and I got the World Wide Web, I'm showing you, I'm bringing it to the masses, man. They want to know, that is a Stinkhorn. And Jeff Bezos used it as the as the pattern to build his spaceship. That's what he used. Okay, all right. It looks like several different things, but that will help take people understand the inappropriateness of the image. <laughs> it looks like an adult uh, toy device. But you wonder, oh, well, you, did this guy really have gutter. some kind of an encounter? I mean, the encounter is similar to some of the other encounters, but. Uh, Anyway, I thought that was one of the weirdest freaking stories yeah, that I've ever read in the pages of UFO Report or anywhere else. So basically, the, the guy was driving around in his car with the head of what he thought with, was with, an alien. What he thought, yes, who he, and it smelled. And he's trying to trying to prove to people that it's he's really this is really something. And uh, but anyway, wow. uh, I guess uh, and they they even took it away uh, some of this to, to be uh, analyzed, and really? we never got the end result of that. But hopefully it was just these horrible looking mushrooms and that the we don't have triffids or aliens growing in our backyards. Right. Maybe he took a bite of one of the mushrooms and that's what I was gonna say. This sounds a little uh psychedelic to yeah, me. Some of the... well, I've never been partial to mushrooms and now I'm really not partial to mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you're going to really love what I'm putting up on the screen next because this is the other version of it. Get was, ready, folks. The Wisconsin version. Okay. Here we go. Well, the tea. All right. Still We're ready to go, but. Okay, radio. So have, oh my oh, god! Oh, stop geez. it! Oh, that's it's awful. Like a Giorgio O'Keefe painting. Yeah, really. <laughs>
Yeah, it um, looks like octopus is, you know, being developed or something coming out of eggs. I'm going oh, to apologize to the listening audience that I ever brought up this fringe report. Really? I apologize. <laughs> That's disgusting. Don't apologize. That was some crazy. I just love that the first reaction was, I need to show this to someone. Yeah, right. Let me Wait. let me take it. So they know I'm not nuts. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the. Wow. Uh, that I just love that that I don't first know if you thought. Can see this, the illustration. Yeah. Oh come on, man! Okay. This um, is the illustration. Oh wait, what's the boy, get, yes. the, the, the guy oh. is uh, really uh, smelled. Oh wait a minute here. I, 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 I hate that. Okay, all right. Of course, the radio the listening, show listening audience right. can't see this. Right, but, but we'll describe but, it. We'll describe oh, it with our words. Yeah, wait, right here. Okay, here we yeah. go. Right there we go. Now we see the real switch. <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy. Okay, so this is a guy in slacks. Yep. He nice, looks pretty nice. handsome. Maybe like maybe five eleven, maybe six feet. Okay. And he looks like he has a cigarette, and nope, nope, he has curly uh, hair and a it, scarf. It's a rag. It's a rag. Yeah, he's holding because it smells so much. Holding a rag. Okay. And, and you see these. These, these are then, representing this. This the, the smell here. That's all that right. Bad that's you see that there's there's like the from the cartoon the 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 lines that like they smell and I see like little mushrooms that look heads. like heads. Yeah. And there's huh. there's a UFO. There's an UFO behind him. Yep. So yeah. So wow. That's bad news. Okay. They look like, yeah, very strange. They should do well. A, well, quickly scouring the uh, the many images of the uh, of this. this Not fungus. another one. Yes, this oh. is the one that looks closest to a. a could be a head. Oh, you can see back there. That oh God, that so is awful. Much. All right. Okay. Wow. Uh, one. Well, let's, let's assume this guy had a real experience out there. It, it wouldn't be a stretch <laughs> for him to look at these things. Yeah, look like a head. That there's something yeah. else. Looks like the little spinal column there and everything's disgusting. Yeah. But hey. if you think you find an alien head, do not transport them in your car and do not right. take it to the newspaper office. Don't bring it to the newspaper office, no. no. Everyone write that down, okay? Everyone write that down. Just don't take a sample. Just, you know, your neighbors. tell your friends. Was, was write the guy getting a blood test? Did you yeah, have a blood test us, or right. something? Write to us, get your friends, have a have a drink or 11 and be like, this is what happened. Right. And then they'll understand. Juan, how are we doing on the time there, my friend? Uh, you right. almost said that like you want to eject back, like you want to get uh, away from this. I don't want to, no one I'm going to eject. Actually, ahead, we, please, we need to wrap it up and do the plugs. Okay, great. Uh, well, okay, why don't we do that? First of all, the new plug is to listen to Switchy's show every two weeks on the Paranormal UK Network. Is that it? Yes. Okay, when are you going to invite me on? you got Raven no. on. Well, yeah, wait, sure, you, you've been on. on. Oh, really? A couple years ago, yeah. Okay. It's had a lot of fun. And, um, and, and Commander Cobra and I were on with the uh, the flagship uh, uh, Paranormal UK Radio Network flagship radio show of the same name mm -hmm. uh, okay. in the last year. A lot of people over in uh, England listen to us with, and you. With, with Irene Allen Block. Oh, yeah. She's, she's a trip. Irene uh, is a trip. So, uh, okay, everyone listen in. Google it. And uh, also, we want to um, talk about Homestrad Troops, H-F-O-T. Uh, Google them as well. Uh, they are a military charity that builds homes for uh, our veterans who were wounded in Iraq and in Afghanistan who may have lost limbs. They make um, the living situation better for them, uh, better, to, easier to get around in the house and lower countertops, things like that. And once they build the house, they just give them the keys, no mortgage. It's for free. They deserve it. Homes for our troops. Homes for our troops. Just Google them. 88 cents on the uh, dollar. Your dollar goes to the charity, which is really big. 
um, when it comes to the charity biz, 88 cents on the dollar. Homes for our troops, uh, please Google them. And we're going to get them on the show again real soon. Uh, also, um, Ra Shab, our good friend and his mad Englishman friends, are putting together, uh, putting back together the Mosquito Warplane from World War II, built of wood, two Rolls Royce engines on it, went so fast, as Wani likes to say, they didn't put machine guns on it because... The Mosquito outruns the bullets. It went faster than the bullets. Yep. People's Mosquito Project. Please Google them too. Very interesting. And I think that is it. I want to thank everyone for listening to us out in the network, uh, the internet networks, also Armed Forces Radio. And thank you for downloading us, the podcast. And um, I think that's it. Is that it, everyone? Yeah. Awesome show. Had a lot of fun. Well, let me just uh, thank everyone. Not in order. Um, Switchy, thank you. His mic is muted, but yeah, it's we'll customary at this point, Switch, that you would say, uh, thank you, Mac. Thank you, Mac. <laughs> uh, thank you, Mac. There My you pleasure. Okay. All right. Thank you. And um, now that you showed those donuts, all I want is a donut, the donut at the beginning of the show. But uh, anyway, I have to scratch that itch. Uh, also, thank you, uh, Coco, for joining us. As always, Mac, a privilege, privilege, a privilege to privilege. be on the wing. And I'm looking for the signal for the kiss off. Okay. <laughs> Just uh, tell Teddy we said hey. And uh, also, uh, Raven, the time has come for us to say goodbye to you. Double bun night. The double bun night. Double bun. Yep. Say bye to the double buns. Bye to the double buns. Bye, Raven. I can't, I can't wait to like, the freak show if I see a guy wearing that, uh, that style now. I will freak out. <laughs> That'd be really bad. Um, hopefully, um, your shoes uh, will find themselves together again and pervert a ghost on picking them up and throwing them around your house. Let's hope. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. If anything happens, let us know. Okay. I will. Yeah. JJ, thank you as always. You're welcome. Enjoyed it. Okay. And um, uh, until you hear us the next time, this is Mac from the entire gang saying, be safe, be happy. Bye bye.